0: Welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. Here we talk about everything healthcare and technology. And I'm your host, James Someru. Hey everybody, hope you're having a good one this week. So my guest today is Erin McEachran and she is Regional Vice President for Johnson & Johnson Surgical Vision, EMEA. So she leads the team to address the unmet needs of patients and eye care professionals around the world. She was previously a top-level skier, but after suffering an injury, she now has a very deep connection to medical devices, which you're going to hear about in this episode, and it's in medical devices in which she now excels in her career too, so... She's an exceptional leader, huge track record and breadth of experience in commercial leadership, franchise development and sales execution across medical devices and in growth areas such as robotics. So we talk about a load of cool stuff in this one from her background, the injury, her connection to devices and obviously most recently her relatively new job, first 100 days at Johnson & Johnson. So I hope you enjoy this one, guys. Great, Erin. welcome to the Health Tech Podcast. How are you doing this morning?
1: I'm I'm terrific. Uh, thank you very much, James, for the opportunity this morning.
0: You're very welcome. Whereabouts are you speaking to us from today, Aaron?
1: Uh, I'm speaking to you out of Amsterdam. The Netherlands.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. realize you are based out there. Very nice.
1: Not too far, but, but, but hard, to, hard to see each other in the UK right now.
0: Uh, yeah, indeed. Indeed. Lots of uh, lots of challenges. Um, but listen, Erin, it's um, an absolute pleasure to have you on. I know you've, you've got a, an incredible story and a, a pretty much a new role at the moment. So uh, we're going to hear all about it. And it'd be great if you could tell our listeners a bit of your story.
1: Sure. So I recently joined J&J, and I'm absolutely delighted to be part of this, this great organization. Um, but I, I want to share a little bit of, of my background with you, James. I grew up in Canada, and when I was younger, I, I really loved, I was a pretty active child. And I was actually, I had to have um, a pretty big, significant hip surgery when I was younger. And our, our GP, our doctor caught it. Um, after about a year of x-rays and so I I spent grade three in in a wheelchair and and missed most of it and I think that early beginning and the great news is I recovered really well and I was able to reach my dream in skiing and and get to be sporty again and then go to university and so I ended up having the opportunity to ski for Canada and, and while I was going through that career transition I realized how fortunate I was to have a great surgeon and to have a great general practice doctor that because we didn't know what was going on with me, he kept having me back every month to take x-rays. And so at a young age, I I didn't realize it till I was a little bit older, but I have a huge amount of gratitude and, and respect for healthcare and specifically, you know, medical devices. So when I got out of university, I knew that I wanted to be involved in in healthcare. And um, I just, I love speaking with our customers. Um, I love the amount of impact we get to have on patients. And to be able to be part of somebody's site at JJ is really exciting for me. So I spent a lot of time, um, I've, I've lived a lot of different places in my career path. And, um, I, I feel like I don't really have a home, but, but home is where your heart is. And I feel that I've got to have a lot of great experiences. I worked for Striker for 12 years and then, um, worked with a company called Elcon and Nuvasive across Europe. And I think it's a really great time for women right now, um, to be in leadership positions and have that opportunity to, there's a lot of challenges that we have to solve right now. And, and so I'm really grateful for the great leaders that I've got to learn from, and and right now I'm doing a lot of learning because I'm onboarding. It's been my first hundred days, but <laughs> I, I I can't wait to continue that
0: journey. Amazing, and I can't wait to hear about the role itself. But first of all, I just want to I want to go back to what you said about um, uh, skiing for Canada for coming coming back from a uh, all this hip surgery and and skiing for Canada. I mean, it's obviously then led you, as you say, to have this motivation to be in healthcare and also specifically medical devices, it seems like you've almost got this, I suppose, personal connection to your work in that case, because I I hear from a lot of people, you know, that when you work for a lot of these big companies, it can be, quite like the the impact can be quite intangible but it seems that you've gone the other way like you've actually had the impact and you felt the impact personally and therefore you know going to then work for these companies is actually quite nice for you because you know that you're part of this machine but actually it's a machine that served you very well and is serving lots of people around the world very well i mean was that your kind of experience that kind of i suppose that internal motivation to work for them
1: yeah absolutely and and i can relate it's it's i think it's my why and why i wake up to to want to go to work every day and and for me it's really special and you know to have great parents and and grow up with with um with this you know i actually wrote a letter (laughs) to my surgeon when i was like 15 just to thank thank him for helping me and Mm. um when I'm standing in an operating room, I think of that. You know, when you think of your your mother or your brother or sister on the operating table, it, it it changes the meaning for you. And so, I'm really proud to be part of a small piece of of a really important industry.
0: It's a really it's a really interesting point that you said that actually that you wrote a letter to your surgeon, and it, and it you know it really makes it personal and and gives and gives the gives it meaning when you're stood there in that operating room, right? I remember when I was a medical student, I remember, th- or was it when I was a junior doctor and it was early in my career. And I remember thinking like, what what would change if you showed a video at the start of every surgery of that patient, maybe just saying that they're so happy that you're operating on them and yeah. you th- they can't wait to feel better. And I was wondering like, would that be a good thing or a bad thing? Because I suppose in some ways you're going to, you're going to ignite the, um, the, that internal motivation with everybody yeah. there, they might be a bit more focused on the rest of it. Although maybe it might be a bit too far and it if something goes wrong, it's a bit more traumatic for those individuals. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely something that I had, you know, that, or an, an idea that I I definitely can get on board with that idea of, of kind of standing in the operating room, seeing these medical devices being used, but then, almost like manifesting the future or thinking about the future and thinking about what that's actually going to do for people as a form of motivation for the people that actually are part of it, you know, from your end in the medical device sphere, but also those clinicians as well. It's it's a really interesting thing tying those two things together, I think.
1: It is. And I think when we're able to think about our why and our purpose and what what drives us, ultimately, if we can understand ourselves better, we can yes. have great careers and um I, I yeah I, I guess maybe the older I get, the more I reflect on our childhood experiences that really do affect us yes. um, in a good way in a bad way sometimes but uh, I think this has actually been been really special for me and being on the team with with the the national team and I was I just want to say I was not not the best one on the team for sure I was kind of hanging on all the time <laughs> but um, you know seeing my teammates it's really common in in downhill skiing and racing all the, you know we we had, it was very common ACLs, MCLs, you know, tib fib fractures, you yeah. we name it. We were we were always
0: <laughs> we were always <laughs> or sounds like chaos. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> we got comfortable and um, you know, just again have a lot of gratitude for many of my colleagues that that have gone through really horrific surgeries. So um it really shaped shaped my my drive to to wanna be in this field.
0: That's awesome. And as you said, you know, that, that link that you've got between, you know, women and leadership as well. And obviously feeling that you could go all the way in this. And you've now obviously gone to J and J and, and keep hitting dizzy heights in your career. I mean, when you were going through that, that career medical devices, which I imagine is male dominated, although I don't know, you'll probably correct me if I'm wrong. But what was it like being, being female and, and trying to make your way through as a leader in that field?
1: Yeah, so, so I have mixed emotions about this. Um, I think medical devices, um, especially maybe in the orthopedic sector, and it, it's really improving. But I think that there is some gender imbalance. And, and typically when you go up the, the ladder, there's more of an imbalance, right, for leadership yeah. roles. And so I really think this is an exciting time for women um, to help lead and to help influence. And it, it's also really exciting when you look around the world. I mean, we're going through COVID. And I'm I'm really inspired by you. Look at Angela Merkel. You look at Germany in the way New Zealand and Finland like Finland, there's two yeah. wonderful female leaders that are that are leading their countries in a really great way and and through the recovery of COVID. And so I, I will say when I when I grew up in my early days of my career, I felt like a lot of the. my male colleagues like took care of me and helped me. And Mm -hmm. I feel really grateful. A lot of my role models and mentors and and sponsors that I've had great opportunity to speak with. um, They've really helped me get where I am today. So I'm, I'm really grateful for that. And I think it's really important in the me too era that, that we don't forget that. And so um, I, I um, I'm really, really excited for, for, for in J&J, they're really focused and we are focused on inclusion and diversity. And, and it's a lot of big words that we're saying right now. But I truly believe and, and you know, the the data obviously proves it, that the more diverse people you can have on your team and the more diverse experiences and backgrounds, um, you know, genders, etc., the better um, the team will perform. And, and it's as simple as that. So, I yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's, it's an interesting time, isn't it? That especially for when you think about careers and you think about, you know, young children, even now that. If, if you're if you're a girl, anything is possible, which is the way it should be, right? And you shouldn't yeah. have there should be, you know, there should be a quality of opportunity. It shouldn't be, uh it shouldn't be difficult or perceived as anything different for females to have the same ambitions as males. And I think it's um it it must be nice now being in a in a position where you can um I, I suppose instill that to youth and, and inspire that vision and and I don't know, create the world that you want to live in next, right?
1: yeah and you know what it's up to us, and I think the the one takeaway that I had is i I probably didn't believe in myself enough, and um, you know I, and 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 sometimes you still have you know our fears drive us right and i think i I love speaking to um I love mentoring people and and you know it's you get so much back in return, and i I've had great support, so i I really feel it's also important to sponsor not just mentor, but have sponsorship and actually push for the right individuals that are different, um, to others to be able to excel. And I I think it's really important for us to take chances on people. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really great time to do that. And it's great. There's a, there's a heightened awareness around the world. And, um, I think that's going to hopefully drive, drive positive change.
0: Completely agree. Love that. So let's talk about J and J. So, Okay. First hundred days in the role? Well, first of all, what is the role? Um, and second of all, yeah, tell us tell us how your first hundred days has been.
1: Yes, so I work in the JJ J surgical vision. Uh, I'm the divisional vice President for EMEA. So we focus in our region is Europe, Middle East, and Africa. And um, my job is really right now is to lead through the the challenges that we're facing, and the challenges specifically, our surgical vision um, is based in ophthalmology, so we work um, with cataract and refractive surgeons, and our goal is to really develop um, and have exceptional results of innovation and for patients, for eye care professionals around the world. So, so we're really working hard right now on emerging out of COVID and you know enabling and and supporting our customers because because they're also you know, the HCPs on the front lines have been taking on a lot of stress and challenges to be able to serve the patient communities around around our our region. And so um, it's been really important. And I I think the one piece that we're trying to have a good balance on in this role is really understanding our, our customers because things are changing and evolving with COVID. And I think if we look back in a year, um, we probably are having a really great time um, to say, you know, how do we build more efficient business models? How do we use utilize data and digital, and most importantly, how do we listen to our customers so we understand um, and, and try and shape the future together?
0: So it sounds like there's a real focus then on the future models, on as you say, digital, and perhaps that COVID nineteen has now accelerated your thinking on that point of view. That seems to be what, what I'm getting from what you're mm. saying. Um, and I I suppose my question really is, how has COVID-19 then uh, affected the business? If you know that in your first 100 days, I suppose. I, I yeah. suppose you definitely caught some of it. And I suppose, yeah, is, is there any kind of... Is there anything tangible, I suppose, is what I'm asking here for a business like J&J in terms of, you know, this this hits and for a company that size that has you know, so many different functions and you obviously being focused on ophthalmology, what does it look like for an organization like that when a pandemic hits?
1: Yeah, it's such a great question. What I feel very fortunate about is the power of J&J and, and just being new into the organization you know it's it's been really exciting to have a network and a community of colleagues across the pharma sector and consumer and medical devices the the size is really helpful right i know we had a ppe shortage in the uk and we were able to call some of our colleagues and just get help where we're in a smaller organization you you just don't have that huge network um i will say though there's there's certainly been concerns you know we work mostly in elective surgery and it's, it's really been tough because the elderly that really need care um, have been affected through COVID, right? And it affects us all. And I think it certainly inspired us to want to come up with solutions. And the one thing I will say is that if we didn't have COVID, we've really taken time to pause. And really, it's given us some space, you know, working from home um, to really evaluate what we're doing well. And what we need to do better. And I think without this crisis, we maybe wouldn't have thought in that direction. And I think that's a really positive, positive thing coming out of this. This um, hopefully coming out of COVID. Um, and I know three a few things that that are really starting to take shape. Um, number one, the value based healthcare is super important, and reimbursement models are changing. And I think. I think across Europe, we're aware that there is potentially better ways to do things. And so we're doing some pilots there and I, we're seeing really fantastic results, both, both on the patient side and the healthcare practitioner side. And um, I think that's a really important focus. And, you know, we're still at the beginning of digital and understanding how, how we communicate better. Um, and we've really been working with education and how do we educate our surgeons and our healthcare practitioners in a better way when we can't see them? Um, you know, we're not able to do labs anymore. So we've had to innovate and and we're having great, great success with our webinars and really good uptake there.
0: Yeah. And I think the, 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 the important thing there that I want to talk about is something that I've actually spoken to a lot of podcast guests that have said the same thing, which is that, it's reflection. It's the time to reflect. And it seems to me that no matter how big the organization, whether it's, you know, yeah. a one-person band or whether it's a small startup or whether it's a, a multinational. It seems that so many, and I suppose it is a very individual thing, because whilst you can reflect as an organization, I imagine everybody stuck at home means that the people in these organizations are reflecting individually. Yes. But it seems it seems to me that reflection has been one of the most powerful things for people that's come out of COVID 19. Now, I take the point that not everybody was afforded the chance to reflect because of either financial conditions or health conditions, you know, all those different things. But it seems to me that the people that have had the time. Time to reflect, particularly those that are then relatively innovative, or indeed those organizations that have then lent into innovation and have been open to more ideas and have you know allowed themselves to change and pivot, have then gone on to do some pretty interesting things. Yes. And I think you know looking as a whole nationally globally you know that that kind of level it, it seems to me that the more people i speak to that the reflections being the most powerful thing and then that leads me to think that things aren't going to be the same when mm-hmm. we go forwards both again at that kind of you know global level with the future of work and all these different things but actually organizationally too And I suppose my question then is that of everything that you've just said there about, you know, value-based healthcare, education, you know, digital more broadly, what do you think is going to stick in terms of J&J and that reflection that you've had and all those different areas that you've seen potential differences that your business has had to make?
1: Yeah. I think the one really beautiful thing when you speak from an organizational perspective, I think my my learning, and I, I can feel it, is I think there's been a really good humanistic side come out of COVID. And I think that, yeah. that we've realized, you know, be, trying to be a leader, and, and we that doesn't mean how many direct reports you have, but anyone can lead, that yeah. there needs to be an increased sense of empathy. And, and, you know, we need to take care of our people. And um, I learned the other day that you know people are really looking to their employers for support and and you know even more so than they used to because of this crisis so i think there's some really i hope that sticks because i think that's really important and the the second part what you mentioned about innovation i think especially in the device sector typically our innovation is usually just incremental and so yeah. if it's you know you, you don't i think the pharma sector is actually superior at having game changing innovations and i think you know, this reflection um, and space to think about how do we do things totally differently will lead to more game-changing innovations. And I think that's really exciting.
0: I agree. It's almost like people have seen that you can do stepwise change. People have Mm -hmm. seen that you can completely pivot again, whether you're a one person or whether you're a multinational where, what is it necessity is the mother of invention and yeah, exactly. you know, like <laughs> yeah. never has that been more true than what we've seen in the last five months you know it's it, it's crazy um but just going on, so, okay so going on to to and j more broadly and I suppose the role that you've got obviously being in ophthalmology and um and the position that you've now got leading in terms of that that department and that function of the business. What are the kind of challenges that are in and around ophthalmology at the moment? What's J&J doing to address those things like that?
1: Yeah, I think the big challenge that we're facing is just the connectivity of not being um, able, in, in some cases, to be with our customers on a daily basis. And, you know, in medical devices, we provide, you know, really good support often in theaters. And I think that's a really different dynamic for us. So, we really believe the future is being able to continue this deep engagement with our customers, um, but also understanding and not knowing the answers, but listening and enabling full, a fully transparent relationship, um, and and how to to really understand and learn through this crisis, and to take that forward and start to provide better solutions, and most importantly, I want our customers to know that, that we're here to help and and that we always want to be prepared to find a solution. And even if we don't know what those are right now, that we're working on on that.
0: Can I ask a really stupid question here as well? Sure. Who is the customer for J&J?
1: Yeah, th- that's actually a really good question. Um, <laughs> we have So the way I look at it is our, so we have many customers, right? So our surgeons are our customers, our nurses are our customers, everyone that touches our patients sorry, everyone that touches our products, I believe are our customers. Um, and I, I believe that, you know, if we if we look out for patients, number one, we help our, our, our customers, which are surgeons and healthcare practitioners, number two. Um, but but we also have customers in procurement um, that sit in the hospital and help with pricing. Um, we, have, we have customers everywhere. And I think it's a really holistic approach that we need to take to make sure, you know, if we only serve our surgeons, And we're not helping the hospitals or we're not enabling them to be more efficient then we're missing that part and so i i kind of look at it in three pieces that we have clinical customers we have operational customers and then we have strategic customers and we really have to serve those three groups um you know together and holistically and they have to have to be able to communicate with all three of them and and deliver creative solutions to them
0: and how far reaching do those solutions go where where do you start and finish with the sorts of functionality that you guys can provide i mean at a basic yeah. level is it just medical devices is it a service that wraps around that is it completely taking over departments like what is it that you guys can do in terms of all the different solutions that you provide
1: yeah so i think when you think of us you probably think of the products but but we are going into and and I, you know i think J is doing a particularly good job at really working on solutions and services. And there may be nothing tangible as far as a product per se, but but that's actually, I think one the future of our innovation is being able to make sure, for example, in, in refractive and cataract surgery, we have you know big lasers and we wanna make sure that we're in able to integrate those um, to be able to work with hospital EMR systems. And there's just a lot of work that we can do as an organization to make things communicate better and to ensure that we have the right insights to give to our customers because that data is really important.
0: And I think that's where it gets interesting, right? Because yeah. as you, as you know, pulling this together in terms of what we said about COVID and, and the requirement for communication and training, and all these different things, I think what you've alluded to there, even in terms of like interoperability and things like mm-hmm. that, which aren't that exciting to talk about, but it gets a bit more exciting when you talk about a laser talking to an EHR, like at least that grabs people's attention. But yeah, yeah and the technical <laughs> I think-
1: services that, you know, when things need to be repaired, you know, how do you, how do we maximize, you know, can we do it in a video? I'm I'm probably going a little bit out of scope, but I I do believe that those solutions are really a way we can impact our customers.
0: Definitely. So in terms of the innovations that you guys have, what's coming up?
1: Yes. So we've had a really exciting year. Um, The past 12 months has been really groundbreaking for us. And before I go into the innovations, I I just want to maybe ground you know, some of the listeners, because they may not be exactly 100% familiar with ophthalmology technology. And so what we do in the surgical vision organization is that as you get older, um, your, your your eye lens can typically become cloudy, and that happens, happens to most of us. Um, but as that happens, our patients can develop a cataract. And so when that happens, we actually make the intraocular lenses that, that replace those lenses and help patients see better um, in, in the whole spectrum. So what we've really had success with in the past 12 months is that we've had really great strong data emerge and we actually launched our Technus EyeHands platform. And this is a game-changing innovation. It's a next, it's a, it's a next generation monofocal It's an interocular lens that allows patients to experience high quality vision at both intermediate and far distance. So really what that means and why I'm so excited about it is that typically a monofocal you could only see, you know, from far distance. And so this interocular lens allows allows patients to be able to also see intermediate. And that's really important because if you imagine if you're looking at a menu or you're looking at your phone. It's really imp- it really adds value to the quality of life if they're able to see things and at intermediate distance in their daily tasks. So we're super excited about that. And when you see someone <laughs> and they have like a long arm syndrome and they're looking far away and they're taking their arm out, that's typically um, further away is, is when we need these innovations. And and that's Presbyopia. And that leads us to our next innovation, which is um, the Techna Synergy platform. And so that's a a multifocal platform that enables continuous high contrast vision through near and far continuously in, in low light conditions. And, and we believe that that's really, really, really important because no single IOL yet has existed to, to attain that high quality vision with um, day and night. So we're, we're really excited about those two, two lenses that we've come out with recently.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I mean giving the gift of sight I mean yeah. that's that's awesome right I mean and uh, it's it's funny because I, you know I, I'm in healthcare I'm in health tech it's not something that I you know I, I've seen cataract operations I'm anesthetized to cataract operations it's um it's funny that I never really thought of of you know that there is a company out there that makes the lens there is a company that can make different lenses there's a way to innovate making the lens and yeah. all these all these different innovations and things I mean it's um it's quite cool, right? I mean, I'm quite geeky anyway and quite techy yeah. and nerdy <laughs> when it comes to this stuff. So I'm quite, when you mentioned lasers, my ears pricked up and, uh, and, and, and this sort of stuff now, I'm just like, wow. Like, gee, uh, I suppose all this happens in like, some lab somewhere where all these things are being like trialed and tested. Your R&D department must be like epic to walk around. Yeah,
1: they're incredible. Actually, I went, um, a few weeks ago, I went uh, to, to Groningen in the Netherlands to watch our lenses be made and, make, wow. and meet, meet the engineers. And what I thought was going to be there, and what was there, was it was absolutely incredible to see the amount of detail and focus that's put into these products. It 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 really opened my eyes, and and I I feel like I've been in this industry for a while, so it was it was really special um, to capture that personally. And I think you know when you when you talk about sight, it's our most important sense, and I think hmm. we take it for granted. You know, you wouldn't yeah. miss miss a, missed a dentist appointment but but a lot of times we we forget to get our eyes checked and so long term you know we're committed with the power of j&j to really continue that continuum of care throughout many ages and i i think that's that's our focus and that's that's where we want to get to
0: yeah and my my next question is then i suppose with all that r&d you've got going on how do you keep forgive the pun how do you keep an eye on the future how do you um is is it that you guys have got a view of the of the startup landscape maybe that you know what small startups are trying to do and you look to acquire them? Is it that you guys are just making as you mentioned before you know incremental change on on things that you already have i mean how how do you guys look at ophthalmology in terms of the future and and what the organization what what role the organization might play?
1: Yeah, I I like this question. From what I understand, um, our R&D department is really incredible. And I I think it's a combination of what you've mentioned. So, you know, we're coming out with two groundbreaking products here shortly, um, very soon. And I think they may be launched when this is aired. But we're really, we're doing some incremental innovation, which is cataracts for astigmatism. um, And we're going to be launching our Synergy Torque 2 platform. Uh, launched in our Simplicity device, and then we're working on a software program um, for Catalyst COS 6.0. And that's really advancing astigmatism, but making the workflow even better. Right. So that's an example of kind of more taking our existing products and then incrementally developing them. But I think that R&D does a great job. So they say exactly what, what you mentioned. They have to work on looking at smaller startups and understanding what, what's being developed they have to work on the incremental innovations, and then they also have to keep their eye. And I think this is balancing these three is really challenging on the long term and, and the game changing stuff. So we have to place our bets in certain areas and keep those far, far enough away from the regular organization that it can be really focused and then um, work, work on all three pathways at once. And um, I, I, I would say that I think, think we're doing a really nice job with that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that'll definitely prick the ears up of a lot of the startups listening that, that might be operating in this space. And do you guys have any any kind of, of way for startups to get engaged? I mean, do you guys invest in startups or do you I suppose you might just acquire them at your stage? Would you do you, I mean, do you know that stuff as to what, what's you know what? going on in that side?
1: Because I'm new, so I know I know in my past medical device company they did a lot of investing in startups. Um So they did both right acquisition and investment and backing. And I think, um, for those listening, we, we need, we absolutely need those mindsets and that mindshare to be able to evolve our futures together. And, and whether it's an investment or an acquisition, we're, we're always on the lookout for, for great innovation. And I think that partnership is super important.
0: Yeah. So that also, that sounds awesome. Um, and so I guess then for health tech entrepreneurs listening, do you have any advice for them?
1: Yeah. So I, first off, I, I'm not an entrepreneur by say, so I, I don't want to be condescending. But what I have learned is, is a few things. And I had a few, I wrote down a few notes on this one. So my biggest learning in the past few years is that, you know, with our mobile phones and all of the apps that we have, Things are so busy and demanding, and it's so important to stimulate our creative side side of our brain. And often, it's really tough to do that day to day. And so, my recommendation—I used to love flying across the Atlantic because it was like eight hours of time that you wouldn't be distracted. And I know now they have Wi-Fi and and things are a bit different. And I haven't certainly been on a plane for a while. But I think that that time—and we spoke about it a little bit earlier—but that reflection time in your day is is really needed to be coveted. And I think when you have no distractions and you can truly be focused, I think that's, that's that time that leads us to discovery. And I think uh, if you're an entrepreneur, it's extremely precious.
0: I completely agree. And as you quite rightly say, there is no time where that has been more apparent than recently. I mean, I can even... It's so tangible for me personally, you know, having the time to reflect that what I'm good at, what I'm not good at, what I actually enjoy, and you know taking things out of my life that I prefer less to put to give the space yes. to put in things that I prefer more you know it's um it's it's been super tangible for me in this time, and i I do absolutely agree that. The entrepreneur, the you know, the health tech entrepreneurs listening, you know, you, no matter what stage you're at, whether you're at the idea stage or thinking about jumping into a new company or starting one or whatever it is, I think. Allowing yourself that time to reflect, to figure out what it is you really enjoy and what it is you really want to do is so, so, so important. And there are many episodes of very recent times that you can listen to where uh, that where that's certainly been the case. But um, listen, Erin, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Have you got any final thoughts for us in terms of what you're up to with J&J or anything that we've talked about so far?
1: Yeah. So I just had one other final thought on the entrepreneur piece. I think it's really important as well and and one of my learnings personally is just as we're innovating to bring in lots of different perspectives, so different backgrounds and different you know degrees in school, different geographies. I think the more you know when you have something concrete or you're running ideas past someone, I think it's great to be able to have some pressure checks and some sanity checks with people that are different and i I know in 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 my past it's 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 like when you're hiring someone you want to hire someone like you because you feel like there's Hmm. connectivity there but actually you probably want to go in the totally different direction and and i think uh that that diversity can of, of mind share can be really important um and just just really want to thank you for the opportunity to to speak with you today it was a real pleasure and i really enjoyed it thank you
0: you're very, very welcome. I just want to echo because my, I know that the regular listeners will, will probably not want me to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. That what you just said there about you know different minds coming together to solve problems. You, you even said, as granular as I go, which is different degrees in school. Like if if you want a different perspective to know how to solve a problem, do something different, or get someone that has done something completely different and and bump heads with those people to solve problems. That is a resounding bit of advice that comes out on this podcast so 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 often and yeah you've just added more, more fuel to that fire which is great and i really want so many people in uh, in medicine and healthcare to to do computer science and data science because i didn't have the opportunity to do that i could do it now i suppose but i know for a fact that when all those minds come together That is how we're gonna um, push healthcare forwards and engineering too, and all those things that you saw when you went to visit your lenses being made. You know, all of that R and D department, all of that knowledge, and 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 the coming together of all those different minds is just is uh, you know must be so inspiring. But um, and so, Aaron, do you have any asks of our audience?
1: Yeah, for, I, I do. Actually, I think it's really important. Um, and I'd love to encourage anyone listening that is an entrepreneur or future entrepreneur um, to let you know that I'd, I'd love you to think big. And I think we need great innovation coming down uh, the pipeline and we need solutions for our patients. So just want to encourage you and, and thank you for the work that you're doing and, and hope that, that we can really build our better future for, for our patients that need our support.
0: Amazing. Erin, as I say, absolute pleasure having you on and for, for people listening, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you or get in touch with j and J?
1: I'm not very good at, at social media, but I do. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn and you can always email me. And uh, of course, with J&J, we've got our website open and um, you know we'll take any queries that come this way. And, and uh, just want to thank everyone for listening today and, and hope we can be in touch in the future. Thank you.